Hey, I'm Zach McMath, and you're listening to the What's Up Whitecaps podcast. Hi. Hey. Should we do the intro? Yeah, might as well. Sure. Welcome to What's Up Whitecaps. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben, and today we'll bring you up to everything Whitecaps and Pacific FC. Let's go. We also have an exclusive interview with Canadian Premier League YouTuber AFC Curtis. So that's going to be an exciting one, and we'll get to that later in the episode. Mm -hmm. But let's start off with some Whitecaps stuff. Uh, Since we last recorded, Whitecaps have played two games against their Cascadia rivals, the Portland Timbers, and Atlanta United. So what do you think of the Timbers game? Uh, it was a great win. It was a great win. Um, we played really well, and I thought it was really good how the Timbers Army joined the Southsiders in the walkout. That just kind of shows, you know, it's more than soccer, and we don't. And in Canada, we're quite polite to our uh, rivals, unlike places like <laughs> Argentina. Um, so yeah, that's um, it's really good. And um, also, we have made a conscious decision not to overly focus on the current scandals around the club, as we prefer to focus on the soccer part of White Capsule. We, me and Ben just wanted to point that out. That is true. I think it has come up a lot recently uh, in the comments section, especially how we haven't covered the scandals, but we do want to focus on the on-field product and what's actually happening with the soccer mm-hmm. with the White Caps, because we think there there is enough coverage of the all the scandals information and information going around on the club. And we just want to Keep it a, a little Keep it lighter here. Based. Yeah. Keep it PG. Do you think the performance against the Timbers was one of the best of the season for the Whitecaps? Yeah, for sure. Um, if not the Timbers game, uh, maybe the Colorado game because it was only two penalties they gave away, not two actual goals in open play or set piece, or technically set piece if you count a penalty as set piece. But I think the best – I would definitely call the Timbers one the best performance considering, considering that the Timbers are a very strong side and they have a very good team this year and they're very hard to crack. But we did and I think it was – yeah, for sure. And I think uh, one thing, Adnan definitely needs to work on his finishing skills yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he, he does get up the pitch and he mm-hmm. really pushes forward. Which is great. Especially at home. He pushes forward. He gets into those offensive positions. But I think he had two or three very good opportunities to give the Whitecaps uh, an even bigger leg up in that game, and he just couldn't finish. Yeah, but at, at least we have uh, my main man Montero. His hot streaks finally continued, so this could be uh, this could be it. Maybe he's finally turned on, switched on, whatever you know in his head, whatever he had to do to get back into Vancouver mood. But it's definitely working out, and I'm loving every second of it so far. Yeah, it's definitely good that was two two games in a row that he has scored, uh, and he's starting to look a bit like the striker that we know and love here in Vancouver, Freddie Montero. Mm-hmm. He didn't score in the Atlanta game as we lost that one one nothing. It was the fifth straight shutout for Atlanta. They have uh, Brad Guzan in net. They had Florentine Pogba, Paul Pogba's brother, on their back line, and five straight shutouts. That sets an MLS record for the most shutout minutes in MLS mm-hmm. uh, and good on them, too. Good, good, good on them. On them. Good on them. Uh, we had some chances. We actually had 65% possession in the game. And we didn't really test their keeper, but we saw, like, Ardaiz in the last couple minutes almost putting one in to tie the game. But, again, Balderomo Toledo, the referee, uh, he made himself the center of attention. 
Yeah, it's a tough thing in the MLS, especially being a referee, because you're at a very high level of refereeing. However, you always want to get to that extra level because, you know, you can even go on to Europe, and we have seen referees do that on the other occasions. So I I understand the situations. You know, referees really want to make a point of themselves. They really want to show that they're standout refs and they're really going to want to control the game. And I think we just have to adapt to that as the MLS. Yeah, Definitely, but there's one interesting thing that I think a lot of fans want from the refereeing crew, and that's to be able to hear what the ref is saying throughout the game and especially what they're saying in the VAR decisions. And we actually saw it in the Australian A-League. Uh, yes, there's this one ref who is going to England to ref in the Premier League, and in his last Australian game, they mic'd him up and released a full 90-minute video of what he was talking about during the game and to the players. And I think that's the transparency that we should see across the board and all the top leagues in the world. And I think I would love it in MLS because we have so many questionable calls. Yeah. And as I always believe that the ref can't get every decision right, and that's just never going to happen. You can only do so much and the refs only human. And without soccer, we can't have refs. But I think for now we're just going to leave it, and I think we're going on about it. But I think referee is not refer- the issue. Yeah, referee is not the main issue. We yeah. can't definitely focus on that. But Balderrama Toledo, in the past, he has made himself the center of attention. Mm-hmm. He's he's called, sure. he, he called a penalty in the game. He has called the most penalties of any ref in MLS, MLS history, and he's given the most red cards of any ref in MLS history. Yeah. So he definitely likes getting his name out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, McCrapo. He uh he played so well. He yeah that triple that save triple save was crazy. Oh, I was look. I had to watch that a couple of times. I was like, it was like it was there, but then he was there, and then he was oh my gosh, it was, it was almost like he was teleporting. I it was. I I said after the game that I don't think Osted even made saves like that. It was really amazing. Uh, his whole series of saves and really his whole performance throughout that game definitely was deserving of at least a point, but mm-hmm. unfortunately gets nothing from the uh, forwards. Mm-hmm. One thing that MDS has stressed uh, over the past few games is he wants players tracking back, especially as offensive players. We saw that in Colorado when Montero came back and committed a couple fouls in the box, but good on him for coming back and trying to defend. And we saw that again last night with Las Bangura. He came back and he committed the foul, which gave Joseph Martinez the chance to score and eventually the winning goal. So what do you think needs to change? Do you still want these players coming back and tracking back hard? Or do you want them to hang out and just let the defense do their job? I want... I'm not sure. Ben, what, what do you think? If, you, if I was to ask you that question, how would you ask it? I would definitely want the players to continue to come back and continue working hard. But I would want them to make a smarter effort. Because you see losses challenge... He was behind the play. Uh, Henry was there in front of the play and could have made that tackle. But Lass continues to step in and uh, pulls down his man. So that was sort of unfortunate, but I think that's something that can be worked on on the training ground is you have the forwards start to learn defensive structure and defensive responsibility. And then with that effort and the mentality that MDS is putting into these players, you'll have success with the forwards and attacking players tracking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. Anyway, we have Sporting Kansas City up next. Ben, what what do you think the squad will be looking like? Do you think there'll be many changes? I think there's got to be changes. Uh, 
you've played two very, very tough home games, two one nothing games, and you've stuck with the same lineup, minus John Arise, who went down with injury earlier this week. So there's definitely going to be changes. Uh, Loss was pulling his hamstring a little, holding it, and he had to be subbed off. And so I think we could see PC on the left-hand side, maybe Levi's if they want to go a little more defensive. And I would like to see Ardaiz get a start too, because Montero, he's played a few tough games, and Ardaiz has shown well off the bench, and I think he deserves a start. So we'll take a look at the younger guys now, Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll go to our academy update. Do you want to take us through the under-23s, Tom? Yeah, good idea. The no games for the under-23s, although they have a few games scheduled soon. They will play the VMSL All-Stars this coming Wednesday in, at UBC at 7.30. And the U19s had a 3-0 win against the Timbers. Albert Kang scored two goals, and the Caps are top of the USSDA Academy's rankings. And Ben, the U17s and U15s? The U-17s and U-15s also played against the Portland Timbers this week. Uh, the U-17s got a 2-2 draw against the Timbers, and the team is also ranked second in the USSDA Northwest Division. So they have clinched a playoff spot with that and have a very good few games coming up. And the U-15s won one nothing to complete the undefeated weekend for the Whitecaps Academy. Next up for all three sides is a matchup with Crossfire Premier this Saturday at the National Soccer Development Center out at UBC. So now we're going to go to an interview on a bit of a different topic. We're going to talk to AFC Curtis, who is also part of the Northern Starting Eleven Network that we are proud to be a part of. And AFC Curtis, his name is Curtis Marshall, and I did an interview with him earlier this week and we just talked about the CPL and where Canadian soccer is really going. He's really knowledgeable about that. Take a look at his channel, AFC Curtis, and we'll be back after that interview. Yep. Now on the What's Up Whitecaps podcast, we welcome our guest this week, Curtis Marshall. He runs the YouTube channel AFC Curtis, which is also part of the Northern Starting Eleven Network. Uh, and I'm just welcoming you to the show. And uh I'm very happy that you're here. So what was the inspiration behind AFC Curtis and kind of who are you? Well, first of all, thanks, Ben. I'm, I'm super excited to be here on the show today with you. Um, and for my inspiration, uh, that's actually a funny story. I've actually, I think, I think there's only maybe three people in the world that know the reason why I started the show um, besides myself. And um, But the reason why I started the show actually was because uh, the day that the club Valor FC was announced here in Winnipeg, I'm in Winnipeg right now. So, um, the day that Valor was announced, uh, I was actually at Tim Hortons of all places, and I bumped into um, some of the league officials when they were in town, including David Kranikin. And so I was talking to David for a few minutes, and I couldn't even believe it was him. It was funny too because I went up to him, and I, I couldn't pronounce his last name at the time, so I just I just asked him if he was the CPL commissioner. And he just smiled and laughed and said, yeah. And we talked, and after talking for about, I think it was five, ten minutes, I was like, I was sold on the league for sure. I was already sold in the league to begin with, but after just talking to him, I, I just felt like I, there was something I wanted to do. And I do have a background in media and broadcasting and stuff uh, already, so I decided, you know, I wanted to do something revolving around that and the CPL, and maybe it 
doesn't lead to me working directly with the CPL or for a club, but that's when by the end of the summer I was working on my YouTube channel. What's your background uh, in journalism and broadcasting before this? I have done some TV work in, in school, as well as um, my current, I guess you could say, day job, uh, as of this recording at least, is in uh, is in radio. I work in radio here in Winnipeg, and um, I'm not on air or anything, but uh, but yeah, I work. I've been doing broadcasting now for the last couple of years. I've done podcasts. I used to have two of my own podcasts, uh, one of them being a sports show that, that did it was pretty small, but did pretty well. We had a good reach from Canada, U.S., Russia, England, Brazil. So that's pretty cool. That sounds pretty cool as well. I uh, so getting into a bit more of soccer. What drew you to the Canadian Premier League, and why identify with the Canadian Premier League more than MLS or something like that? Well, I identify with the Canadian Premier League more so than anyone else is because. Um, I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm Canadian. I'm from Canada. Uh, I would like to think of myself as, as a super patriotic person. I love Canada Day. I love Canada. I was in the military for Canada. So, of course, I love and support my country. And at the same time, um, just the whole, everything that the league stands for, the Canadian Premier League stands for, I think is, is something that we should strive for. Um, I, I, when I first started following soccer when I was really young, uh, a while ago, or I guess a long while ago, it was, I started with the MLS, um, just because back in the day, you know, there wasn't really anything from outside the MLS. I was on Canadian TV, Toronto FC was new, and, and stuff like that. So, and at the same time, though, the men's national team, obviously, as we all know, hasn't been, you know, the best it could be. And the Canadian Premier League is looking to change that, and that's something I'm all for. The MLS, a lot of people say MLS is part Canadian, but to me it's not. It's the American League. We just have three American franchises located in Canada. So they're, they're franchises, not necessarily clubs. And, and the Canadian Premier League is is all Canadian, and, but it's done in the right format, if, if you will, like a European League would be like. I'm not knocking the MLS or their clubs or whatever. What they're doing, obviously, is working too because they're finding great success. They got great players around the world. They're probably one of top most popular leagues around the world now, probably I would guesstimate top ten now. So I mean what they're doing is working, but it's just not a league now that Canada's got its own domestic league. I mean that's the league I gotta support. I'm in Winnipeg too, so Winnipeg's chances of getting an MLS team are, are very slim, I think. Um so to have a local club in the CPL, of course I'm I'm down to support this thing. Yeah, that's all true and I think that kind of rings rings true for a lot of different fans of the CPL. As for helping out the Canadian national team, who do you think and when do you think is going to be the first CPL call-up to John Herdman's squad? First CPL call-up to Canada. Um, I did, at the start of the season, I did say Mason Trafford for uh, Cavs. I think he'll be the first call-up, and I thought maybe this year. But now that he hasn't really played this year... Um, it's hard to say. I really like Tristan Borges on Forge. I think what he's doing right now, I think he's, to be honest with you, been one of the best players on Forge this season, in my opinion. And uh, But he's still pretty young. I think Noah Verhoeven um, on Pacific FC will get a call-up. I don't think this year, but I think in the future he will if he continues to play well and develop like he has been. And 
I think since Trafford, I feel like there's a, there's a possibility of it, for anyone to get called up this year for Canada, I think from the CPL, it's either Mason Trafford, if he comes back and plays really well, gets in good form in time for July or even at the end of the year, or I think Luca Gasparotto for uh, York 9 deserves a look because I think he's he's been really solid back there for York 9. I think he's probably him, and Ingham is probably one of the two best players for York 9. So I think if there's a spot open this year for the Canadian men's national team, it's in the back end. And I, I think it possibly is in that center back spot. Yeah, I would tend to agree because when you look at the center back situation, it's really just Henry is kind of the only staple in the back line there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so kind of a bit more broad on the CPL. When the teams were initially being announced, they didn't name them Calgary United and uh, like Victoria FC and stuff. They gave them real names and not necessarily city names. What did you think of their idea of branding? Uh, I'll, I'll say at first I was a little... I, I'm, at first, I was definitely happy to be honest with you. And even now, I'm still, I still am happy just because it's so not bland or boring, but it's like so common to see like a, you know Manchester United. You know, obviously they're gonna want to call it Winnipeg United. Obviously they're gonna want to call it, um, you know, Hamilton FC. So I mean, that's you can see it in the point that you want to have a name like that, where it's like a city and an FC, just so you know you can have the fans and then the media possibly kind of dictate years down the line what the nickname would be for the club. I could see that from the point of view. That's essentially why um, all these clubs have the name FC, you know, and the name of the city in, in Europe, because that's how it started way back when, um, forever ago. So and I think, um, I think though, if we were to carry that into the CPL, I think that would have been fine. But at the same time, I think the names that they have are unique and special to literally only that, that city. I mean, you can look at Winnipeg with Valor FC. There's that great story about Valor Road that, honestly, I don't think anybody outside of the city city of Winnipeg even knew about the story about Valor Road. But now because Valor FC is named Valor FC because of that road, <clears throat> I think that uh, now it's, now people are actually around Canada and the world are now looking into why it's called Valor FC and they're seeing this great story that they needed to be told. And the same thing can be said, obviously, uh, with Cavalry FC over there in Calgary. And then, obviously, there's uh, some great names, too. I mean, Pacific FC, where it kind of just captures the region out west. And then, I you know, the HFX Wanderers there is perfect because they're playing on Wanderers ground. And let's be honest, Wanderers is already a pretty cool name um, to have for a sports team. And then, obviously, York 9 is a really unique take as well on, you know, they very well, with, I think they said in their, in their intro video when the club was announced, it could have been called York, you know, you know, United, um, just so it can then capture the nine regions. But then they said, you know, why not York Nine? Then just call it York Nine FC. And even that, that's that's still a pretty cool name. And and you know, Forge FC, same thing with with a great name there, and, and, and embodies the spirit of the people of Hamilton and what you hear from the city of Hamilton. And like, uh, I've been to Hamilton, um, well, just once a couple weeks ago for the inaugural match, and you know, I can see why they're called Forge FC. I think it's a perfect name for them. And then obviously FC Edmonton, that club kind of being the outliers because they're kind of a carryover from what they had before. So I'm fine with them keeping the name. Yeah, I, I'm i kind of with the same opinion when it comes to FC Edmonton. So 
I only have two more questions. Uh, the first is, what do you think of the league structure, having the, like, Klausura Apertura type thing? Uh, do you think it would have been better having a playoff, more like MLS, or a single table like Europe? Well, I was of the one, um, I wanted a single table. Um, when it first was rumored that it was going to be not playoffs, but something else, I was like, okay, I'm hoping a single table. And I think having the spring-fall season um, for the CPL every year, I think it's perfect because it, it gives you two mini-seasons in one, if you will, and both season is a single table format. So I think it's, I'm definitely 100% happy with it. I didn't want them to have a playoff format to it. I did want our league to be more um, unique because I, I do think in the long term, when you tell people, like when I explain people over the last six to eight months um, about, you know, the possibility or and then when it was announced in February that we won't have, you know, playoffs in the CPL, they were actually interested, like, oh, okay, well, how do you determine your champion? And when I told them, they're like, okay, I can see that you know, being a good idea. And then when I talk to people, you know, in business and stuff and, and Winnipeg here, same thing, you know, maybe they don't know the sport, but then when they, you, when you look at the league, I think it's great for fan interest, especially for the casual fan, because I mean, you kind of already have across the seven markets and beyond. Ultimately you have the hardcore soccer fans. I mean, maybe not a hundred percent of them, but you have, I think majority of them because, you know, they hardcore hockey or soccer fans, sorry. And, and uh, Canada has been looking for, you know, a local club to support, you know, because we're, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm from Winnipeg, and I've never really, I was born after the Fury were moved, so I didn't have a local club to support. And it's kind of, you know, you look at all these other cities in the U.S. and in, in Europe and stuff, and, you know, all these people who have a hometown club that they can support. I mean, that's something special. It's a special ball. Never even, I've never ever had from, you know, myself in my city. So now that we have, the club, like, you know, Fowler FC here, for example, I can support them. And that's why I think it's perfect. You know, you got the hardcore fans, but for the spring and fall season, it's great because you can keep that fan interest for the casual fan. And therefore, you know, if your team, for example, doesn't do well in the spring season, at least they have a fall season to look forward to. And then, you know, you don't have to wait another 12 months for a new season to start. You can just wait an extra two. Do you think that the season should be of equal length, or do you like having the quick sprint of the falls of the, the spring season? Um, for right now, I think it's good to have this a shorter spring and a longer fall season, just because it gives you two different ways you can build your team up and set your team up. Um, just having a ten game spring season, uh, I think for right now it's fine. I do wish you know. In a perfect world, I would love it to have a balanced schedule so you play everybody an even amount, but at the same time, we have an odd number of teams. So um, I hate odd numbers, especially in sports. And, um, you know, hopefully they do get it at least an eighth team for next year so we can kind of even things out and balance it out. But as for the, you know, the length of the season, I think it's great to have a shorter spring and a longer fall season because I think, you know, it adds a lot of intrigue and storytelling uh, to the league. I'm sure they'll get Ottawa for next year. Um, so the last question I have for you is uh, who's going to win the Canadian Premier League in the spring season, the fall season, and overall? Oh, man. So I think the spring season is going to be the Cavs, Cavalry FC over in, 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 uh, in Calgary there. I think they're going to win this season just because they're perfect 3-0. Um, 
they just look like the team to be right now in the spring season. Uh, everything seems to be going their way, like the bounces and everything, like literally, especially this past weekend um, against Forge. So, uh, so a spring season Cavs, I think for the fall season, uh, I think it'll be a different story. Um, just because this fall season so long, I think injuries and stuff will take a toll. So the team with the biggest uh, or the best amount of depth, I think, will prevail. Um, you know, Forge seems to be trending in the right direction. Uh, I think FC Edmonton went. I don't think they're at their top form yet, but once they are, I think they're deadly. But I think if I had to pick a full season right now, uh, I don't want to look like a homer or anything, but I'm going to have to say Valor SD. Because, I mean, the squad is, is really good. I don't think they've really shown how good they are yet through four games. And I think when it comes into depth and all that, they have some really good depth players. Uh, some really good young depth, depth players for sure. And I think we'll be starters in the league in the next year to two years. Um, so I think Valor FC wins the fall season, uh, but I do think Cavs are probably a top three club in the, in the fall season as well uh, because they got great depth. And then I think overall between those two clubs, then in the championship final, oh, it's a tough. It's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think it, it's going to be tough. I'm, like, my heart hurts a little bit saying this, but. Uh, you know, maybe I think the Cavs, the Cavs will win the overall championship this year. I just through three games, they look the most impressive to me because they have, you know, that killer instinct that you want in a championship team already, and nobody else kind of. Not everybody has that right now in the CPL, and they definitely do because they just they just win. They win everywhere. So. That makes sense. Uh, it is early to call a winner, um, but we'll see what your predictions look like at the end of the season. So thanks very much for joining me, and it was great to have you, and I wish you all the success with the Northern Starting Eleven, as well as your AFC Curtis show on YouTube. Thank you, Ben. Thanks. appreciate uh, you being on the show. Thank you for tuning in to the Northern Starting Eleven Network. If you are a Pacific FC fan, make sure to listen to the Purple Rain Podcast. Two hosts, 3,300 kilometers apart, united by Pacific FC. A collaboration between PFC Ontario and the Hydropole, bringing you all the latest news, rumors, and discussion regarding Pacific FC. Now on the Northern Starting Eleven Network. Hi, I'm Pacific FC midfielder Ahmed Ghamdi, and you're listening to the What's Up Whitecaps podcast. Welcome back. It's Tom and I now, and that was a great interview with AFC Curtis. He's a a real good contributor for the whole Canadian Premier League movement. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his work is, I think, just going to bring him to new places. He, of course, is in Winnipeg, uh, so we haven't been able to meet him in person, but I hope to meet him in person one day. So Pacific FC, they also played two games since we last recorded. They played Edmonton on Saturday and then had their first Canadian Championship game against Calgary Calvary. Uh, just last night on Wednesday. It was a disappointing loss, though, for uh, for the Cal- Calvary game. But first, let's uh, talk about the Edmonton game because that was game uh, before the Calvary game. Ben, how did you think the game was just generally? We should have won that game. Uh, speaking to Ahmed after the game, he was gutted that they couldn't put a win together in that game because they had the man advantage from the 30th minute on. Uh, and they really should have attacked on the road but they were just unable to break down what is a very good Edmonton defense. Uh, but they 
and they were playing without Marcus Haber, and they played a style as if they had Marcus Haber. So Taron Campbell up front, he's a good player, but he's not the same long ball physical player that Marcus Haber is. And so the team did seem a little lost. Maybe they're lucky to get out a point, but they should have won that game. Yeah, that that's 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 very well said. Um, I just it was a tough game. I think it's the best way to put it. We definitely had our chances, and we just couldn't execute. And you know, we're, all, we're then again, Edmonton's a new team as well. But I know, and it was their home opener as well, so they they, they were really, up for the challenge. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's just it's a tough game. You're just gonna kind of look back on it, you think ah. Oh, well, I guess, but definitely it's to def- work on. It's definitely two points dropped, not yeah, a point gained. But definitely to definitely something to work on. Yeah. And heading into this weekend in their next uh, CPL game, it's York 9. And York 9, they've struggled of late. Uh, but we'll get to that preview after we take a look at the Wednesday night loss to Calgary Calvary in their very first Canadian oh, championship game. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. It would have been great. Uh, does that mean they're out of the championship? No, it's two legs. Yeah, but still, that's very tough to come back yeah, from. Two, two away goals for mm-hmm. Calgary, uh, both early in the game before the 20th minute, and they were both from bad marking on the defensive front. Oh, it's disappointing for sure, but we did have Ahmed Algamdi. He had a great performance, and I really think he put in a really good shift. Uh, he... The stat he had some pretty good stats. He what were the stats? He he had eighty seven percent passing accuracy on twenty two passes, and it was his longest appearance as well. He played uh, just over thirty five minutes and created two chances according to the Canadian Premier League website. So it was definitely a very good performance from Ahmed and very promising. I hear that he might be starting on the weekend, so it could be a good game on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a skilled player that we might see some very good potential from come Saturday against York nine. And I think we also need to remember that Ahmed, he's still at school and he's not able to come to lots of the training sessions. So the fact that he's able to get that good amount of time for how much he's able to be with the team is quite impressive. I feel. Yeah. Especially seeing as uh, he was in my geology class an hour before the game. Uh, maybe not an hour, but earlier that day, he was in my geology class. Then he gets on a helicopter, heads over to Victoria, and there he is playing for Pacific FC in the Canadian Championship. So mm-hmm. it's a little surreal for him and me, honestly, uh, for having a professional soccer player in my class. Uh, so that's definitely cool. And he will be coming on the podcast sometime in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Also in that Calvary game, we had Nolan Worth. Uh, from Victoria starting that game rather than Mark Village in net. What do you think of that? I think that's experimenting still. I think that's all it really comes down to. I don't think it's anything bad from each goalie. And both goalies are really good from what we've seen as much as we can see. And I think we're just, I think that was just experimenting with the coach. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong or surprising about that. Yeah, I would tend to agree. And I think it was just squad rotation when it comes to that. They're prioritizing the CPL game because they can't let too many more points slip in this quick sprint of a spring season. Uh, If they let many more points slip, they're going to be well out of it Mm -hmm. after this game and have to look forward to the much longer fall season, almost twice the length with 18 games rather than 10. Mm -hmm. So looking ahead to this weekend, we're playing York 9 from the York region outside Toronto. They are struggling. 
they're coming off a 0-0 tie with uh, Blainville in the Canadian Championship, and Blainville, they're an amateur side. Uh, so that is definitely worrying, and you don't want to see a pro side go out to an amateur side, even though there's the whole romance of the cup aspect of that. Uh, they are having a tough time, and they have a long trip. So what do you think of this game? I reckon we should get the win. They're struggling. They're probably not got the best. They're probably quite down in the, uh, what's called the, not yeah. the best. Uh, yeah, they're down in the table where they're probably got, not got a lot of, lot of motivation because they they could just kind of feel no matter what they do, it's really not coming off well. You know, 0-0 zero, zero tie, when I look at those, I think good job on the defense. But then you also got to look at it. It's against an amateur squad, and the strikers just did not really show up. They do have good players going forward, Manuel Aparicio. And Ryan Telfer, two very good players. Ryan Telfer, of course, scored that first goal in the Canadian Premier League against Hamilton a couple weeks ago. But they just haven't been able to find success of late. And I think they're going to be in tough against the Pacific FC side who are raring and ready to go. And they want to get that win back at home in front of their crowd on country night at West Hill Stadium this Saturday with kickoff at 1230. So lastly, let's bring us through the injury report. Mm-hmm. John Arise, he, the Whitecaps defensive midfielder, he went down in training, originally thought to be a broken ankle, just a sprained ankle, but he will be out for three weeks. And we saw Felipe, he filled in in the Atlanta game. Jordi Reyna has also returned to training. And Tom, do you want to give us the Pacific FC update? Yep, uh, the Pacific FC update is Starro is still out, but Harbour returned, which is good to see, um, as I think he's definitely going to be a really good player going forward. And that's all for the Pacific FC. Pacific FC, not many injuries, and really not many injuries for the Whitecaps either, although John Arise is a big loss. Uh, but for Pacific FC, bringing Marcus Haber back, that gives them the very good threat up front, mm-hmm. and hopefully he can finally score some goals uh, after his last game where he hit the post twice and oh, that was, was painful to watch. not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be it for this week. We'll be back next week. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you again. All right. We'll see you later.